Welcome to There is a Method to the Madness. My name is Rob Maxwell and I'm an exercise physiologist and personal trainer. I'm the owner of Maxwell's Fitness Programs and I've been in business since 1994 and that is 28 years. I would like to start this episode with thanking our sponsors, Jonathan and Lynn Gilden at the Gilden Group at Realty Pros. They currently have over five stars on Zillow, and I can personally vouch for them. It's never been a better time than right now to sell your house or to buy a new home. Do it now. Interest rates are going up. If you need any help on selling or buying, please give Jonathan and or Lynn a shout. They can be reached at thegildengroup.com. Okay, so today I've been asked to talk a little bit about returning from injury, returning from illness. Let's start with illness and probably spend most of the time on that. Um, You know, there's a lot going on with illness in the past two years, obviously, with COVID, and there's a lot more concerns, but the rules regarding exercise still are the same. Um, As far as I'm concerned, they should never change. There should always be social distancing when you're sick. People should always stay away from other people when they're sick. Um, But this isn't a public service announcement on how not to spread COVID. But, uh, you know, that's really common sense. That's always been the rule of the gym. If you know you're feeling under the weather, it typically doesn't happen right first thing in the morning. Um, It happens the day before, you know, contact your trainer and let them know. That way you're canceling in the appropriate amount of time. But... uh, don't get around people when you're sick. I mean, that's just common sense. That's just being selfish. Don't just stay home. You know, that, again, this isn't, uh, you know, meant to be taken as a way to how to avoid COVID or what we did right or what we did wrong as a nation. But I do think um, one of the things we did right was people learned to stay freaking home. Some people still didn't, which is really obnoxious. But, um, you know, I, I, I really do believe in social distancing um, for sure. I mean, you know, during COVID, one of the things we did here, you know, in my personal life, we always did it here. We always cleaned. We always separated. I mean, that's just something that I believe in. But, you know, going out places really got better about getting people off me if they're hovering at a game, you know, like pretty much just, you know, making it obvious. I don't want some dude, I don't know, leaning all over me. Um, in line, I would step away from somebody if they're leaning on me, um, washing my hands more frequently, keeping hand sanitizer, you know. But I really think the big key was just um, learning how to distance myself. And it worked until it didn't. I finally did get COVID in August of last year, 21. And uh, I was being safe and everything. I just finally caught it, and it absolutely sucked. But I remember leading up to that point, it had been a year or so since the COVID crisis started here and I didn't even catch a cold. And I really credit that to really watching my boundaries better and making people watch them around me. And then unfortunately, like I said, I you know, caught COVID, but I did, I did learn a lesson that if we do better about staying home when we're sick and having symptoms, and really keeping our distance from people, wiping things down. But 
not even wiping things down so much. That could be a little paranoid. Um, we definitely do it at the gym, but like as long as you're not going to grab that grocery cart handle and put it in your mouth, I think you're okay, which I never did, thankfully. I'm not one of those. Um, but really just the distance, just the distance. But anyway, I've said enough on that. Um, so when should you go back to your workouts when you've been sick? The, the, here's always been the rule of thumb. If you're just talking about training for yourself, like you've got a home gym or you're going to run or whatever, and you're not. So this isn't about how not to spread something. I, I just covered that. This is about like when are you safe to exercise. So the rule of thumb has always been if it's above the chest, you're free. Like, don't worry about it, you know, unless there's a fever involved. But if you've got an upper respiratory, so it's above the chest, it's in the throat, it's in the nose, you're clogged up, you're stuffy, maybe a little headachey, but your body isn't fighting anything because you know that you don't have a fever, you've got a cold, you've got allergies. You're always safe to pretty much go by feel, just work out. You are not going to cause any damage to yourself by working out. You're not going to affect your immune system, not acutely. Like we can over-exercise and affect our immune system. That's not what I'm talking about, but you are not unsafe to work out. If the virus is below the, the throat area into the lungs and it's more like bronchial bronchitis, and or um, pneumonia, then absolutely don't exercise. You, you've got to let that infection go away <clears throat> until essentially, you know, you have passed it, you've cleared it, you don't have a fever. Um, but when it's below, you stay home, don't work out. When it's above, go by feel. And you might actually feel a lot better if you go for a nice walk when you have a cold, again, obviously not spreading it to somebody else. Don't go to your YMCA, to your LA Fitness, or certainly not here. We have a sign on the door and get on the treadmill. Nope, sorry, not acceptable. So like that, that's the rule of thumb there. Now, as far as like when you've been like we were with COVID, you know, really beaten up, how do you come back? So the key is always know that Anytime you've been sick, even if it's a minor cold or allergy flare, you're going to feel a little tired. You're going to have some effects, some ramifications from the virus or the cold. You're going to have some, so you're not going to feel 100%. You know, as I've said countless times, as The Rock says, it doesn't matter how you feel. In other words, just because you're not pushing the exact same intensity you were prior to the illness. Like just because let's say you're doing 45 pound plates on the chest press and you're able to do that 12 times and now you, you're, you don't have any energy and you can only do it seven times. Does that mean you're less fit? Of course not. It, it, you know, there's that famous stoic saying, you don't step in the same river twice. It's, I use it with fitness, meaning that you're a different person every day you work out. So if you're pretty much taking it to a certain limit that you have, then you're getting an effective workout. It doesn't, you know, you, you can't be measuring every workout on results. Not every one. I mean, you know, when you look at professional sports, let's take professional football, you know, they play their best every Sunday, right? And sometimes it's every other Sunday. It's not every day they go to practice. You're not going to absolutely perform your absolute best every time you do something. And that's not the point of training. The point of training is to be 
very consistent in doing a certain amount of time, a certain amount of reps, a certain percentage of load, it's not to like always be your absolute best. So, you know, the first key is drop your expectations and, you know, understand that it's perfectly normal and acceptable that if you're not doing what you were, because we hear that all the time. Oh, geez, you know, it's like just the other day I was doing, you know, 12 reps with this and I only did seven. You know, have I lost that much fitness? No, you haven't lost that much fitness. You've just lost a little mojo. You've lost a little strength per se. You've lost a little energy because you haven't been feeling well. Your body will come back. The beauty about training is there is such a thing as muscle memory, meaning once we get back to what we were doing, our muscles get back to where they were. So the key is consistently, consistency. So when you haven't been feeling well, I always believe in a taper and a reverse taper. And what that means is that you taper the intensity and the training of your workout. And you can do that if you know an event's coming up, which you can't really do that prior to sickness because you don't know when you're gonna get sick. But a taper would be you have an event coming up, like let's say it is a, uh, um, oh, I don't know, a swim meet, and it's going to be on the weekend. You don't go into that swim meet with the full intensity that you were training for for the past two months. You don't start Monday of that week and do what you did the Monday before. No, you start tapering, and every day is more of a taper. For example. The Monday, you might do 75% of what you normally would do on a Monday. The Tuesday, you might do 50% of what you normally would do on a Tuesday. The Wednesday, you might do 25%. The Thursday, you might do 25%. And then the Friday, you might take off. So that's, that's a taper. You don't quit training because, again, you want muscle memory to take off and you want everything to feel pretty normal you want to feel energetic that's the key that's that's what you want um, but you know when you're sick you can't predict this so I'm just explaining what a taper is but you can do a reverse taper so um, that's what you do to, to be your best and we're taught through physiology that you really maintain the intensity but you decrease the duration because it's the duration and the volume that's always gonna beat you up that's what people have a hard time understanding you know so let me go for an easy hour walk you know after I haven't been feeling very well and to some people that might go oh yeah yeah that's that's pretty good but you know I look at that and go eh, I don't know I mean maybe go for a 10 minute brisk walk like to me it's it's not to me but but scientifically the studies show it's the duration and the volume that causes you to beat up, be beat up, not the intensity. So for example, let's take weight training. Let's say somebody does four sets of 12 at a certain weight. One person does one set, not really to a certain number, just to, to failure, to fatigue. But they do one set and they go all out, but they only do one set. You know, which one do you think I'm not talking about which one gets better results. That's a huge debate on that. I'm going to give you a hint. It's still the one set guy. <laughs> but uh, which one do you think beats you up? The answer is the volume guy. That's causing, even though you're not going to failure, 
that's causing more of adrenal fatigue and that's causing more of a glycogen depletion and all these things that like really cut into your recovery. So the reality is that when people taper, they maintain intensity, but they cut back volume because everybody needs a certain amount of volume. How much? It's different for everybody. As you get older, you need less volume. Matter of fact, you have to do less volume. The guy that used to run hard five days a week is running two times a week, you know, or, or something like that. So you need, I would argue, maybe even less than that. But um, you maintain intensity, you cut volume, and then the person goes into their swim meet, because that's the example that I'm using, and they're just fine. They haven't lost their edge. Nice sip of coffee right there. Sorry for the pause. Been bouncing out a few of these this morning because we're going out of town, so I'm setting these up to be uh, pre-recorded. So... Getting back to the original question, I think you probably, based on the way I explained it, now understand, even without me having to say it. So when you've been sick, you kind of do a reverse taper. Remember the old, it doesn't have to be perfect like that, but let's say you've been sick for two weeks with a bug, and we've had a lot of that. We've had a lot of people beat up with us upper respiratory, and the person that asked this question actually um, was sick for two weeks with a cough, not COVID, and but a cough, and it, and it knocked him out. He was fatigued. He had a cough. He had a chest cough. So he he did take off. I'm thinking. I think a good full week from us. Um, yeah, it was a good full week. I think it was a Friday to like the next Friday. But he he rested even more. Like he literally didn't do anything. So you know, it was, he was feeling like crap when he came back, and you know, it it, it kind of prompted this question. So. You know, we did with them what I'm advising, but the bottom line is, let's say you've been off for two weeks. So that's, you know, maybe you've done a little something, but you've been sick for two weeks. Just leave it at that. You've been sick for two weeks. So now you feel like you've got the juice because a lot of it is how you feel like. Do you have the juice to do something? Yes. Okay. So you kind of reverse that taper. So you look at that first day working out as that 25% thing and say, you know, my workout's gonna be a little briefer. Now, obviously, when it comes to personal training, there is a time obligation, right? And that's the sad part sometimes because in, in this person's case, it's not like that. He totally understands and gets it and trains objectively. But, you know, for some people, it'd be like, well, we're only working out for 15 minutes and you charge me this? It's like, so you can't do that. So you have to, you know, fill some time, unfortunately. That's, that's just the way it is. Um, but let's say that's there isn't a money component to it then, you know, yeah, you're best to be like um, the 25% rule, you know. So you normally do say, you know, typically I recommend it's usually like around 21 sets per workout. It's usually like around 21 exercises um, split up either, you know, among two, uh, I'm sorry, 10 exercises or four. And we, you know, that that's like, I've seen a lot of studies that say like around 20 sets per workout split up among your whole body or whatever you're doing is, is pretty ideal in a 30-minute session. So um, there, I just gave you a little tip. You probably didn't know that, did you? But um, that's the controls I like to use. So let's say, you know, that's the case. And so you say, you know, I'm only going to do six because I haven't been feeling well. So you do six and you do, but you still maintain that intensity to the best of your ability. You might not do extra intensity stuff like a breakdown set. In other words, you go to failure and then you drop it 30% and then you go do more. No, 
That's not the best time to do it once you've been sick because your immune system is a little beat up. But you maintain the intensity. You go to the point of what we call volitional fatigue, and that is where you feel like you can't do another rep, but you're doing less exercises. You know, so you're doing a reverse taper, and instead of, let's say, maybe you run two miles before your workout, well, instead you run a quarter mile. Like, that would be the ideal. And then whatever you do the next day, let's say it's a Tuesday when of the week that you're finally recovering and working out again. Maybe you usually do a 30-minute run. Well, you do a 10-minute run. And no, you don't bust your balls, but you, you know, there's no reason to do an easy either. You find something in the middle and you do 10 minutes. The key is you temper, you temper, okay, temper it, like go moderate, and you taper the volume. That's the key I'm trying to get across to you. So you kind of ease back into your routine, utilizing physiology and muscle memory. And then the Wednesday when you go back to the gym, well now maybe you're like at 50%, so you're, you're maybe doing 10 exercises to fatigue or close to fatigue. And you're feeling a lot better because you maintain the intensity on Monday. And then on that Thursday, maybe you do 75% of what you normally would do on a run. And then that Friday, the same thing, like you don't go necessarily back that whole week. I usually like to wait a week before you're back to your normal routine. But that Friday, maybe you're doing 75, 80, 90% of your workout, so 15 sets or so. And then Saturday, again, you temper it just a little. Sunday, you take off, and then Monday, you should be back to normal. Like, that is an ideal way to get back into your routine after you've been sick, okay? So the key points you need to remember is, number one, if it's above the chest, go ahead and do what you can. Don't spread your illness to anybody else. Number two, if it's below the chest, if it's, sorry, below the throat, into the chest, then take off until that clears. Number three, taper. If you know you're going to do something, that would be for an event. So reverse taper after you've been sick by cutting back the duration, not necessarily the intensity. The intensity is going to handle itself. Your body's only going to do what it's going to do. If you're completely like... Like after COVID, I mean, if I would have said, you know, hey, do 20 push-ups, yeah, that ain't happening. I mean, so that's going to take care of itself. But maybe I could do a clean five. You know, literally, that's how zonked I was. Then do it. So the key is you maintain the intensity. The body really protects you from that. It, it only lets you go so far. What you do have more control over is the volume. So again, you temper it by doing like 25% your first day back, first couple days, then 50%, then 75%, you know, then 90 to 100% in about a week. That, that's like the great rule of thumb coming back from illness. Um, it makes it a clear cut plan. Again, you know, that's the idea. Does it have to be exactly 25%? No, because good luck trying to do 25% of 21 sets. So. You know, obviously get the spirit of the rule, not, not the law here. You know, it's like, what's the point? We're cutting duration, we're cutting volume, maintaining intensity, and we're easing back in that way. Because, again, it's the volume that knocks you out. I can do, last weekend I did a pretty hard 5K on Mother's Day. Um, and, you know, I went hard. I went as hard as I could, I thought, for 3.1 miles. So that's pretty hard. That's a high intensity in the, in the industry. We would call that a red line effort, right? So you got the pedal to the metal doing your absolute best for that distance. 
And I was good within a half hour. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, it's not like I felt like shit right afterwards. I mean, I did have to walk it out a little, grab some water, let my body temperature come down a little bit and, and all that. But like within a half hour, I'm like, you know, feeling I could have went and played tennis or, or whatever, you know, like my legs are good. But, you know, training for this uh, Rock the Ridge we've been doing, uh, my leg is 13 to 14 miles long. It's pretty long. So I've had to do some long, slow distance training going into it. And uh, even though the intensity is low, a lot lower than it would be for a 5K, like maybe two minutes per mile slower or something like that, my legs feel like shit the rest of the day. And they're fatigued going into the next day because they're not recovered. It's really the duration that kicks your ass. That's the key. It's the duration that does it, the volume. Like it's hard to recover from long volume. That's why it's so funny when people say I go easy. It's like, dude, there is no easy for 10 miles, okay? It's like if you would have told yourself that as a kid, you know, your parents, I mean, my God, I don't know how I get on these rants, but I don't know, I entertain myself. But I can remember like when I was a kid, a young team being so freaking lazy and my mom would take us, um, you know, thankfully um, my dad had passed and so my mom took that role of taking me to sporting events, which was super cool on her part. And um, she would take me to Tampa Bay Buccaneer games sometimes because it was closer than the Dolphins. And uh, I remember like, I'd be like, oh my God, mom, where are we going to park? You know, there's a stadium. She's like, no, we're going to find parking over here. And it would, you know, probably be a quarter mile away, you know. But, like, if you would ask me then, I'm like 10 miles, you know. It's like, oh, my God, no. Like, now it's, like, such the opposite. I will purposely, if I go to events like that, because I, you know, I hate crowds and parking and all that crap. I, you know, people know me. It's like I will literally sometimes wear, like, running clothes and park, like, a mile or two miles away and jog to wherever I'm going. That way I can get out easier and I don't get caught in the chaos and all that stuff and I get a workout out of it. You know, that's how I think now, like so polar opposite of how I was as a kid that actually, you know, would be bitching about parking a quarter mile away from the stadium and probably dragging ass, walking down the sidewalk, having her like, you know, threaten to dump me, leave me, you know, like kids go through. My whole point is that if you would have said do 10 miles back then, it would have been the most agonizing experience ever and probably would have just opted for swimming with sharks. Um, but now as endurance athletes, you know, you hear people go, oh, I did an easy 10 miles. It's like, come on, man. It's like our perception of what is easy has drastically changed. And I think we don't mean easy. I think what we mean is like doable mentally because we know we don't have to hold the same intensity and pace but guess what our body doesn't know that our body still functions with the good old lizard brain that says i'm gonna have to recover from this dude so you might think it's easier because you don't have to redline it but i'm gonna still have to like make you recover and i'm gonna do that by seizing up your muscles a little bit so they're almost like pre-cramp and they're gonna be really really tight and I'm going to do that by changing some of your hormonal system to the point where you want to recover, sleep, and lay down so you're going to feel a little depressed. I'm going to do all that because to force you to recover. Literally, that's what happens because your body loves homeostasis. It's going to force you into recovery what you won't do for yourself. So it's the duration that does that, okay? So just remember that, you know? And I didn't even get time to get into injury. So I will do that in another one. 
But this one, I hopeful, hopefully for you, was, was uh, something you learned. Um, I enjoyed it. I always enjoy these things, you know? It's like, it's funny. I'll go back and listen to it on my runs, walks, or bikes, or whatever. And, I, and then it dawned on me, I really like listening to myself talk. It's like, you know, everybody else said that, and now it's true. So there you have it. Uh, until next time, be max fit and be max well.